on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I don't need this like freedom and autonomy so badly. It's not like burning in me that I just like, you know, middle finger to my boss and I'm and I'm out the door, right? Like you were able to do both. I, I left my job, uh, my corporate job, six-figure job when I was 24. But there was a period of time where I was running multiple businesses, like seven businesses, doing millions of dollars in sales, and I still had a sales job. <laughs> and so I think that uh, there's either we're either crazy or we're just, you know, calculated is what <laughs> is the way I think you and I would maybe um, put it. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I'm your host, back with another king here on the stage, Brandon Leibowitz. How we doing, Brandon? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on today. Well, I, uh, I'm, pl- I'm, I'm thankful that you're here today. Um, I know that uh, you could be a lot of places, but, uh, but you want to be here chatting with us and uh, sharing all of your, your, uh, your, your sneaky goodness uh, around marketing and SEO with us today. So I'm excited for this. Um, I've, I kind of just let the cat out of the bag, but tell us what kind of business that you have, Brandon help out with digital marketing, mainly focusing on search engine optimization. So making sure people show up or websites appear when you're searching on Google. So when you search on Google, there's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads, but right below the ads are the organic, the free listings. And I help businesses get ranked organically. So they get that free traffic from Google. Absolutely. Well, there's, this is not a, this is not a new thing, but someone might be listening here today wondering why does it even matter? Right. Maybe they already have a business. Maybe they already have a great business and they're not ranking. What's the benefit or the value of someone listening today needing to put their position uh, in an organic way at the top? It just gets you more traffic, which in turn converts into more sales and leads for your business. So if you're looking to grow and you want more visibility, then tapping into that traffic from Google is going to really help you grow because people nowadays, well, majority of people will go to search engines to search for product, a service, a question, looking for help and looking for answers. And if you're not up there and your competitors are up there, if they're taking that traffic away from you, which potentially could be new business for you. So that's the biggest thing is trying to figure out, do people actually search for my keywords, which you could check using tools like the Google Keyword Planner. It's a free tool. And it'll show you how many people actually search for your keyword every single month because you might not think people are searching on Google, but then you'll check these tools and you can see that maybe 10,000 people are searching for that keyword every single month. And if you're not up there, Someone else is up there taking that traffic away from you, which could be a lot of new business for you. So that's the biggest benefit of getting up there organically, just tapping that free traffic from Google. Yeah. And obviously there's a process to this and we can maybe get into some of the semantics, but as far as like, um, you know, wanting to be in the right places, I mean, what is the difference between someone listening today saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get known on TikTok, (laughs) Brandon. Um, I don't, I don't want to do SEO. What, what, what do you say to a person that's saying, I don't understand SEO? Well, it's all about your audience. So if you're trying to be on social or Google or wherever you have to, you want to be, you have to really take a step back and think, all right, I don't need to be everywhere. I just need to be where my audience is at. That's number one. You don't have to be on every platform. You don't have to be on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, TikTok, Google, Amazon. You just really have to take a step back and think, if you were looking for your proctor service, where would you go? And that's going to let you know where what platforms you need to be on. Like, for example, if we go for like a doctor, I don't feel like many people are going to be searching on TikTok for a doctor or Instagram. Some people might, but the majority of people are probably going to go on Google, find a doctor, 
and then check them out on social to make sure that it's called social proof to make sure they're real legitimate business. They have reviews, they have status updates or credible, sure. they're trustworthy. So, but on the other hand, if you're selling like a product that nobody's ever heard of, then people aren't really searching on Google. If you like have a new invention, then social might be a better way for you to go about it. But so I just try to understand who your audience is and how you can be in front of them because a lot of people spread themselves way too thin trying to be everywhere, which it's good yeah. to have a presence everywhere, but you really need to figure out where your core audience is and how do you really push that as much as possible. That way you're not just spreading yourself too thin because there's too many places to be and it really takes a lot of time trying to be on every single platform and you really just got to figure out who exactly your audience is and where are they. That's the most important thing, I think, with digital marketing. Yeah. Well, I think that you gave a really great example there, uh, really easy for the listeners to take, uh, you know, and do it themselves. Where if, if they themselves were buying their product or if they were their avatar, how would they go about it? <clears throat> and I think that that's a pretty easy easy explanation to be able to at least start from. Um, do you, do you find that, um, you know, cause I think that there's a mis there's a misconception, um, with SEO and, and lead gen, right? So like you're, you're, you're talking about Google and I want to be on the rankings and I'm thinking Google ads potentially as a listener, but that's different than SEO. Give us the, give us the, give us like what, what, what we're talking about here. Yeah. So when you search on Google or search engines, usually there's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads. So anytime you click on those ads, that company is paying Google, could be a couple cents per click, could be a couple dollars per click, could be a couple hundred dollars just for one click. So the ads, they get quite expensive. That's where you just got to make sure you're making the positive return on ad spend that you're making more than you're putting in. As long as you're making more than you're putting in, then it's fine. Like Locksmith, they're going to pay $100 per click because Google knows that if you're searching, you're not going to care who that Locksmith is. You're locked out of your house or your car. You're going to pick the first right. one that you find. That locksmith is probably going to charge you $200. Google's going to make $100. The locksmith makes 100 bucks. So those ones are going to be a little bit more expensive. And it's just, again, really making sure you're making your money, positive return on ad spend. If so, then I would keep running those ads in conjunction with the organic, the SEO, because SEO is right below it. The free results, there's 10 spots on that first page of Google or 10 websites that are listed. But SEO does take time. So a lot of people will run ads while they're waiting for the SEO to kick in. And then once the SEO kicks in, then they can kind of scale back on the ads, but you're still making the positive return on ad spend. I would say there's no real need to turn those ads off. As long as you're making money, just keep pushing it because the more traffic sources you have, the better off you're going to be, the more you're going to be able to make. And then you're not just reliant on one source of traffic. And if something happens to that traffic source, you're just like out of business. We don't want that to happen. Right. So we want to get traffic from as many different places as possible. But when you search on Google, it's not just websites that appear now. Images appear videos appear, maps appear. So we want to try, try to take up as much free real estate as possible on that first page of Google by optimizing all your images. If you have any videos, we want to optimize those videos, which really means putting them up on YouTube because Google yeah. loves YouTube. So when you search on Google, if you see a video in the search results, 90% of the time, it's going to be a YouTube video because Google owns YouTube and Google only cares about making money. So if you're searching on Google and you don't click on an ad, Google doesn't make any money. And Google wants to make money. So they realized if they put videos in there, and it's a YouTube video, you click on it. What's the first thing that appears anytime you watch a YouTube video? There's yep. always an advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube is making money, which is really Google making money. And I feel like Google's going to push YouTube a lot and keep pushing it. And I always tell people like jump on video sooner and later, like get a YouTube channel because people yeah. buy off people and it just puts a face behind your company and really builds up trust. 
And but with SEO, it's really just trying to take up as much free real estate as possible on that first page of Google. So images, videos, if you're a local business, we want to get you up on Google Maps. And then that just increases your chances of somebody clicking on you. If someone's searching for your service and your website's ranked there and you have an image, that doubles the chances of somebody clicking onto your website. If you have a map appearing there and you're ranked on the map, that just increases it. So really, really just want to try to tap into as much free traffic as possible. Yeah, I love that that free traffic idea. I mean, it's in essence what we're doing right now, right? We're we're creating a great conversation and helping a lot of people who are listening. But you and I both are creating an asset that is a video asset that's going to be on YouTube, and uh, it'll be searchable for years and years to come. And so, um, if if you understand this game, the free real estate is take it while you can. And of course, there's going to be plenty of other SEO videos out there or podcast uh, videos out there, but. Uh, for the right ones that are uh, already in our funnel or already in, um, you know, uh, a circle of our kind and, and, and they've got referred or whatever, they're going to be able to uh, take a look at these assets, as you're saying, on the free real estate side. So love that. You're obviously pointed in your actions, but I want to know a little bit deeper. Like, let's change lanes here for a second. You're running a business and you're helping other business owners. But why? Like, what's the what's the bigger picture for you? What's the burning desire on the inside of you, Brandon? I like watching businesses grow and helping them get to that next level. So seeing them wherever phase they are, if they're just starting off or even more established, but they're not getting that visibility online, just helping them figure out what's going on, how to tap into that free traffic from Google and just figure out what's going on with their website and really just trying to figure out how do we get you to that level that you want to be at. And that's really by looking at your competitors and trying to figure out what they've done and incorporating their strategy into your business, but are they like helping other people out and, that's always rewarding seeing them get to that next level and growing and just tapping that traffic that Google's offering without having to spend a ton of money on paid ads, which again, the ads work, but you have to have a decent sized budget to really push those ads and get some traction. Yeah. Yeah. But you could help a lot of businesses in a lot of different ways. I mean, you could go volunteer today at a local whatever business, right? But you're not, you're helping them with marketing. What, why is marketing deep in you? Like why, why is it so important to you? Um, yeah. Just always enjoyed business and went to school for marketing. So thought or business, yeah, marketing and thought I want to do marketing, but then I realized marketing is really just selling, cold selling, cold calling, cold emailing, which it's not my main interest. Luckily I fell into this SEO thing after I graduated from college. First job I got out of school was doing SEO and I had no idea what it was. They said, don't worry, we don't know either. We're going to learn with you and take you to classes and workshops. And then after working there for a few months, just kind of realized this is the future digital marketing. And that really just piqued my interest because Google changes all the time. So it's not the same thing. It's constantly changing and evolving and it keeps you on your toes and makes me have to keep learning. So that's a big part. It's not just the same tedious repetitive task over and over again. It's Google sure. pretty much changes every single day their algorithm. So that makes me kind of like a detective trying to figure out what's going on. And marketing is just such an important part of business because you could have a great product or service, but if nobody knows about it, nobody can find it, then it doesn't do much good. So you got to push it a little bit, get the, get it going. So people actually can find you and learn about what you have to offer. So that's where the marketing comes into play. And that's where I like helping get their message out to the world. That way they can find their website, their product, their service, or whatever they're promoting online. What do you think? Um, <clears throat> you know, you've been, you've, you've got a successful business. You've got a team helping you um, help other businesses. What do you think is a good decision that you've made in business that you can look back on and like, precisely go when i did this um, a lot of other things kind of worked in my favor what was that probably 
hiring people. So delegating more and not trying to be a one person show and take care of everything, but having other people help out gives me more time to focus on more higher level things. So instead of working in the business so much, working on it and growing it, it's probably a big change because it's tough to hire someone. You, especially when you're a sole entrepreneur, you're like, all right, I can do it all myself. Why do I want to teach somebody and train someone? It's going to take time. I have to double check their work right. and make sure they're doing it properly. But once you set up systems and processes and kind of streamline things, it makes things much easier and gives you time back to really work on more important things instead of doing the tedious, repetitive tasks that you can just right. offload to someone else. Let's focus on the more important, higher picture things that are going to really help you grow and get to that next level that you're trying to be at. Yeah. Tell us about that moment because I think all entrepreneurs have at least uh, – maybe a few moments, but at least one where <clears throat> you were fed up, <laughs> right? Cause you did do it on your own for a while. I know. Cause every entrepreneur does before we hire and before we see the light, as you've just described. So give me that moment when you were wherever and you had the feeling of no more, I'm hiring somebody, I'm taking the risk. I'm doing it different. Tell us about that. Well, that was probably when I just started getting more and more busy. So after I quit my job, Few years ago and i went all in then i realized all right i need a team to help support me because initially i was working full-time and i'd pick up a few freelance clients here or there on the side because i was happy to have a full-time job after graduating from school and it's happy to just make a little bit of extra money by having like one or two clients but once i really went all in and realized all right it's a little bit too much for me to handle because seo there's a lot of nuances and technical that go into it then i was like i need to hire somebody found some people online tried them out tested them and realized or told them initially, like, I don't mind teaching you because I teach a lot of classes and I teach others. So I was like, all right, I'll just teach you, train you. You don't have to have any experience with SEO, which is probably not the best idea because then it takes me a lot of time to teach and train and then I have to double check the work and it actually doubles what I have to do because then I have to teach them. They'll do it, but then I have to go back and fix some mistakes. And right. that was not the best idea. So then I realized, let me find someone that has some experience and that made things much, much better where they actually are able to think outside the box, give me ideas instead of me telling them what to do. They're able to give me ideas and we can bounce them off one another and try to see what's going to work, what might not yeah. work, but it makes it much more collaborative. So finding somebody that they don't have to be a subject matter expert, but at least having some experience in the field really helped out. And that's made it much easier because initially I was getting frustrated by training all these people and realizing it's sure. taking me more time that I was like, maybe I just do it on my own. But once you find somebody good, that really understands and knows what you're looking for that is when you're like all right now i can finally relax found someone that's going to help me out now i can focus on some other things or hiring another person and another person right. but it's really just finding quality people that have some experience and knowledge and that are quick learners and think outside the box has really helped out significantly yeah you mentioned a few minutes ago that you did this whenever you went all in describe that to us what does that look like for you yeah that was probably five six years ago where just realized that I'm, well, I was working at advertising agencies as a director of SEO and realized that I'm making pretty much the same amount that I'm making at these agencies. And that if I just quit my job and gives me more time to focus on growing my business and also more, not more free time, which is probably the opposite where you're working much more, but at least I could pick and choose my schedule and my hours. So that's one nice part about it, but it was taking that leap of faith. I didn't do it initially because I could have done that right when I graduated from college and got that first job out of school. I could be like, all right, I learned SEO. I know what to do and I could do it myself, but I want to go the safer route because I want to build it up and build it up and build it up before I just jump ship and built my name up and yeah. reputation and reviews and 
had a decent amount of clients because you never know what's going to happen in the world. And such what happened a few years ago with the pandemic where I have a lot of local businesses and they had it completely shut down. So I lost over half my clients. And if I just jumped ship right away and had that happen, I probably would have been struggling. Luckily, I built it up enough where I wasn't struggling completely, but definitely was not an easy point. And that's where I just had to readjust and readapt my business and try to figure out, all right, now that locals closed down, I can't work on any local businesses. Let me focus on other sides of like e-commerce or work from home type of businesses. So that was one thing where you could take the safer route or you could just jump ship and everyone has a different opinion on it. But I just decided to wait a little bit longer and play a little bit safer. That way I just built my brand up and built my company up a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, really, I hear you saying, yeah, you, you played it a little safer. And, and, and yes, I guess technically you did. But what I'm actually hearing you say, maybe you'd agree, is that you played the long game. You said, I'm going to be doing this for a while. Um, and right now, I'm just going to do both because <clears throat> I don't, I don't, I don't need this like freedom and autonomy so badly. It's not like burning in me that I had just like, you know, middle finger to my boss and I'm, and I'm out the door, right? Like you were able to do both because you were playing the long, the long game, um, which is actually pretty similar to what I did. I mean, I, I left my job, uh, my corporate job, six figure job when I was 24, but there was a period of time where I was running multiple businesses, like seven businesses doing millions of dollars in sales. And I still had a sales job. <laughs> And so I think that uh, there's either we're either crazy or we're just, you know, calculated as well <laughs> is the way I think you and I would maybe um, put it. Would you would you agree with that or do you have something else to say on that? No, calculated, definitely. But also it is nice double dipping too, as long as there's no conflict of interest. So when I was first right. got my first job, they were an e-commerce website. So I would go to like a lot local businesses around my area, like restaurants, and like doctors, lawyers, and pick up those clients where... There's no conflict of interest. There's, and I'm doing SEO full time at this job. And then after work, I'm doing SEO. So it just helps me learn and just learn more about SEO. And as long as there was no conflict of interest, like I'm not going to take an e-commerce business and have another competitor or client that's selling the same type of product because that would not be good. But I definitely enjoyed learning. And but yeah, definitely was tough before work, after work, on my lunch breaks, working at my own company, then going back to work full time. It gets tiring, but. Luckily, it was all in the same field, so it wasn't like I was learning multiple tasks and everything just helped right. learn more or helped me grow as a business owner. But it is tough managing both. It was not easy. So I'm glad I just have one job now. makes it a little bit easier, even though this job is definitely more than 40 hours and it never really ends. But at least yeah. I'm able to set those. I can choose when I want to take breaks and disconnect yeah, from the exactly. computer for a little bit. Tell us about during that time You know, when, when you transitioned to your own business full-time, and obviously you had built it up, you had plenty of clients. And so it wasn't like you were, you know, just jumping, you know, off the cliff and, oh, let's see what happens. You were really stepping into like the fullness of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pay full attention to what I've got going on over here. But tell us about, was that like a period of time where it was like, oh, I only have to do one and not, and not both. Or was it like, oh man, now I get to go like a hundred miles an hour on, on my stuff. Tell us what that period of time was for you. Yeah, no, it was probably time to go hundred miles per hour on my stuff and build it up and promote it as much as possible, which means not relaxing more of the opposite where it's like, all right, now I just got to go, go, go and figure out what do I have to do to keep my business afloat, start hiring people, start delegating, start really having a business instead of just me being a freelancer. Now I have to make right. it into a real legitimate company and hire people yeah. and get systems and processes. And it is a lot setting that all up. But once it's set up, then you have that foundational 
of your business built. And then you can really focus on more higher picture things. But initially it was a lot of scrambling, figuring everything out, talking to mentors, trying to get other people's opinions and advice and just trying to figure out what do I need to do as a business owner because I've never owned a business and hired people. So that's the biggest thing is like how to hire people, keep it all legitimate, make sure everything is done properly for taxes and yeah. just making sure that I'm doing everything by the book so I don't get hit with some weird fee or fine or realize I did something wrong and have to go back and pay all these back taxes or whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. You said you, you kind of just, you know, scrambling around there for a minute. Uh, and I think all entrepreneurs scramble around <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> and I guess my, my question to you is how long was that minute? Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to paint a picture to the, to the listener of what, what's real. And I know it's different for each of us, but for you, what was, how long was that minute of scrambling? I think it never really ends because you're always trying to scramble and figure <laughs> things out, especially for what I do because Google is sure. constantly changing. So I'm always like, all right, what does Google want today? I have to learn, test things out. So it's always trying to figure out new systems, new processes to appease Google and make Google happy, especially like with AI and everything else that's coming out now. It's like, all right, how does this work? How is this going to be incorporated to search? Is this going to change yeah. things around where people aren't going on Google now? Are they going to go on AI to search and just trying to figure out what needs to be done. But yeah, unfortunately with digital, it's always, there is no constant. It's always changing and just trying to figure out what's the future holding and how do I make sure I'm one step ahead or try to be one step ahead, which. Hey, Kings and Queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. Yeah. There's no crystal ball that tells you what's going to happen in the future, especially with SEO and right. Google. Google kind of makes the rules, but if AI takes over and Google doesn't grab that or BARD, which is Google's version of AI, just take hold, then yeah. we'll have to see what happens. Maybe Bing will take off because Bing is partnered with ChatGPT and people love ChatGPT. And we'll have to see if that keeps going or what's going to happen right. in the future. It is tough yeah. to predict. Yeah, that's such such an interesting um, thought because, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if the listeners can agree with me on this, but I haven't thought about Bing in, well, ever, you know? <laughs> so, you know, to know that potentially, you know, Man, they could make that would be that would be a huge comeback, um, you know, and against one of the largest companies ever to exist, you know, Google. And so, uh, what are you seeing right now in that world um, that's affecting what you do with clients, SEO? Like, are there things that the listener needs to be aware of right now around AI or how that affects ads or or placements or maps or SEO for for Google purposes? Well, Google's talking about incorporating AI into the search results. Bing is already doing that. So Google's like, all right, if Bing is doing that. We don't want Bing to take our market share, which I doubt that will happen because Google just dominates and kind of runs the show. And me looking at traffic over the years and analytics, probably like thousands of websites, Google probably brings about like 20 to 80% of the traffic. Bing will bring 1%. Yahoo will bring about 1%. Then the rest comes from like social media, email, 
marketing, paid ads, people just typing your website in directly, but Google just runs the show and I've never seen a website or a search engine bring in more traffic than Google. So yeah. that Google's pretty safe, but they're a little nervous. That's why they released Bard, which is their AI version of the chat GPT similarity of that. And they're going to incorporate that in the search results. They're talking about doing that, but we'll have to see what happens if Google does become a search engine with AI taking over a majority of the real estate, then that's going right. to change things around. But also how's that work for like e-commerce? You can't really buy off chat GPT or AI yet. So We'll have to see what's going to happen, how they're going to incorporate that. But that's definitely going to change things around. There's still searches, but what happens with AI is they're probably just going to pick the top result and display that possibly. So we'll have to figure out how exactly AI is working. And I'm learning right. more about that, like how they're doing predictive tests or text and how AI actually works, where it's like predicting the next word versus just reading an article. And we'll have to see how they how AI works. It's just like a search engine. It has an algorithm. And we just got to figure out what do we need to do to tap into that to make sure that we get that exposure and visibility, but also have to see right. how our ads going to be incorporated with AI because that's going to be a little weird if you're asking the question and there's an answer, but a bunch of ads. So, right. but Google's working on that. I think it's called GSE and that's going to be coming out in the future, but we'll have to see how that's going to work. If it's going to take hold, if people are going to want to use it versus just regular Google. Yeah. yeah. It's really tough to predict. What are, what are some things that business owners right now listening could be doing to, I mean, we don't know if these things are going to happen one way or the other. Generally speaking, we know that this is how things are heading. So what are you doing personally, or what are you suggesting that your clients do to prepare for this type of maybe transition towards maybe AI or being able to be found on some sort of a search that's in AI, that type of a thing? Yeah, that one still just learn and test as much as possible because that one is a little tricky. They're not really showing websites. On AI, so you don't know what website they're pulling that information from. So, but with Google and the GSE, when they run that, potentially it'll show like, all right, if you're searching for like what's the best mountain bike, they might give you a list of like 10 mountain bikes and then they'll have what website it was from. Potentially, we'll have to see how that works out. But I feel like it might be like the featured snippets when you search on Google and you ask a question like, what's four plus four? They'll give you that answer right there in the search results. So you're not going to those websites anymore. So it's taking traffic away from those websites. I feel like that's what AI is going to be doing. It's just another kind of like featured snippet where it answers that question right there on the screen for you. So you don't need to go to that website, which is not good for website owner, webmasters, because now Google just holds on to the traffic because Google really wants you to stay on Google as long as possible because they want you to click on an ad. So if you're searching like what's two plus two, it's probably not going to be ads for that question because there's not really much right. you can promote unless you're like teaching like a math course, but it's not really right. going to be ads there. So Google realizes that if they just give you the answer right there, probably be like, okay, two plus two is four. Let me ask another question. Hopefully you ask something where it's transactional and there's paid ads. Right. And then you click on those ads and Google makes more money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. This is good stuff. What, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's go a bad decision that you made in your business. Uh, we'll transition back to you here. <laughs> um, something that uh, wasn't uh, like a great idea at all, but that we can learn from and maybe stay away from. Well, I think, well, I do SEO and it gets a little complicated. So I post all my information on my website, which I give a little too much information where it gets really technical with SEO and gets a little confusing. So I realized don't get so technical, just talk about higher level or like benefits of my service or product sure. or whatever you're promoting, but don't get too granular and in the weeds because that's SEO. there's a lot I could talk about and there's a lot I could put on my website, which I did, which I had to cut back probably like 80% of my website. And now it's much simpler, easier to read, easier to understand. And that's really helped out a lot. So sometimes overcomplicating things you think is going to right. be helpful by giving people 
as much information as possible, but it can get a little too much where people are just like, I'm lost. I don't understand this. So give them right. a more higher level little benefits and then let them call me or talk to me or talk to someone on my team where we could better explain right. the nuances and the technicalities without throwing it on a website because especially right. with mobile, people don't want to read a long page, especially nowadays. Attention spans are so short that you got to capture them as quickly as possible with a couple bullet points or a video, right. something engaging versus a big yeah. block of text with explaining yeah. what link building is. It gets a little convoluted. It's a little <laughs> tough to read through all that. Yeah. And, well, and it's, I think it's super interesting how you're talking about how that impacted you with Google, but you know, obviously there's people um, who don't want to read that. And I know you kind of mentioned that here at the end, as far as like people don't want to go through that, but you started this off by saying that it, it messed with my SEO. <laughs> and so, you know, we kind of got two problems here is like, number one, the people coming to your website can't, you know, figure out what it is that you do. Cause it's, cause it's, it's too much. But then also the actual algorithm, uh, for lack of better terms, of SEO, the, the readings behind it were, was getting confused, it sounds like, as well. And so are you saying that for the, for the listener to not only keep things simple for, for Google, but obviously for, for people? I mean, we know that. But, but on the actual Google side, it's better to keep it simple. No, actually, it's better to make it more technical. Well, simple is better, but Google feeds off text. So the more text you have on your page, the easier it is for the search engines to read, understand, know what that website's about. That's why I had a bunch of text. But... Then I realize you have to balance it out for people and for Google. So go. for Google, right. Google feeds off content. So I could have that thousand words of text on my page, but put it at the bottom. Don't put it at the very top. And at yeah. the very top, make it, it's called conversion rate optimization, optimizing your website for people to get them to convert. So at the top, whatever you see on the screen, that's called above the fold. Majority of people never scroll down on the website. So right. having all your printed information at the top, having like a call to action, value proposition like people know what's in it for me having yep. like a couple bullet points or a video at the top makes it really optimized for people so then when someone goes to your website they see what's there quickly easily they don't have to read that long block of text but lower down on the page you have that big block of text so it's that balance for the search engines and for google because search engines they can't read images they can't read videos i mean they're getting much better at it but they still rely heavily on text the more text you have on every single page of your website the easier it is for them to read, understand, and really know what that page is about. So that's why I realized I have to have that balance for people and for search engines where also the more what pages you have, the better off you're going to be. So I used to have a ton of pages for every service I have. Like I do SEO, right. I could optimize your, it's called a title tag. I could optimize the okay. description. I could do all these really technical things. And I had pages about each one of those services, which is good for SEO, but for a person that doesn't really know SEO, they're like, what is title tag? What is this meta description? So I realized right. keep those pages, but don't have them in the top navigation. I can have them yeah. linked somewhere else, but the top navigation, keep it simple, high level, just what is SEO? What are the benefits of it? Here's some reviews. Here's my contact information. So not getting too cluttered and just trying to get that balance for people and for search engines, which is tough. And a lot of web developers are like, we don't want to put all this content on the website. It's going to make it look ugly and cluttered and that's where you just got to have that balance. All right, we don't want to put a thousand words of text on our page, but if we want to rank on Google, we need to put this thousand because all our other competitors have a thousand words of text. And if right. Google's showing websites with a thousand words, well, we should be somewhere similar. We don't want to write a hundred words because if everyone yeah. else is writing a thousand, then you probably need to get a little bit more in depth. I mean, it also yeah. depends on what you're writing about. Like if someone's just going back to like something simple, like what is four plus four, you probably don't need to get too deep into it. But if you're trying to figure out like, 
how do I fix my car engine? Then you can probably right. write a couple thousand words and it's all about just user experience and make sure you, get, you provide a good user experience, good quality content. That's what Google's looking at really. Got it. Yeah, it's good. Good distinction there. And I think that for the listener, no matter what business that they're in, uh, what you're saying is make it aesthetically pleasing and, and visually stimulating engagement for the person. But don't forget about the technicality uh, for the actual <laughs> for the actual, um, you know, computer behind it all. What um, <clears throat> what business resource? I mean, I, you're a smart guy. Um, what business resource would you recommend for the listener to go maybe learn about marketing, SEO, Google, uh, AI, anything that you've um, uh, taken part in that we can we can uh, put in the show notes for the for the listeners? I mean, there's tons of places, resources nowadays. There's like too much content, so it's just finding content and then testing it out. Don't just read or listen or check out a podcast without trying it out because there's so much content out there, and a lot of people just get stuck learning and not trying and testing things out. But there's plenty of places that you can learn from, like forums or blogs like search engine watch or search engine journal there's a lot of platforms like that but i feel like the best nowadays are actually like facebook groups they seem to have the most engagement whereas forums used to be good they're still pretty popular but i feel like facebook groups just get more engagement and that's a great place to learn and bounce ideas from other people read and just learn and then take action don't just keep reading and reading but take action but listening to podcasts I mean, the more you learn, the better, because the thing about digital is what works today doesn't necessarily work tomorrow. That's why you have to test right. it out. Really see, all right, is someone telling me the strategy on Facebook in a group because they want to just give it out? Or maybe this strategy doesn't work anymore. So they're like, here's a strategy. And they're just trying to get some clout from people saying, oh, look at how good this person is. But that's where you have to really take action and try before you just read and yeah. think this test, is Test, test, test. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so those are the three... Uh... In real estate, it's location, location, location. <laughs> in marketing, it's test, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Never stop testing. Always be testing. Even your website, you could test out. You do A-B testing where half the people that get sent to your website get one version of it. Half the people get another version. And you can see which one converts better. Like maybe if you're e-commerce and you have an add to cart button, you can move that add to cart button up a couple centimeters and see, does this have an impact on conversions? Because it definitely will play an impact on conversions. And that's where you got to be always be testing and testing. Yeah. And then once you find something that works, test against that and see what else could be tested. Because right. like if you go to Amazon, they're constantly testing. If we both go to Amazon right now, or all your listeners go to Amazon right now, we're all going to get served a slightly different version of Amazon because Amazon knows that moving the colors around a little bit or changing the added cart font up is going to have an impact on conversions. They want to maximize every visitor to try to get them to convert. And that's where you got to be testing all the time. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. You also said one thing um, at the beginning that I thought was another kind of a marketing principle that I've always adhered to, but <clears throat> that once you have a, um, you know, a working, a working tool, a, a, a profitable marketing angle that even though you found another one, you don't get rid of the other one. As long as it's working, you kind of mentioned this before when you're talking about Google ads, even though you maybe find another source that maybe even a better, cheaper, higher quality, like anything, you still don't get rid of the other one <laughs> as long as the first one is um, is still working profitably and it may not be as good as the one you just found, but um, you never get rid of something that's working. Would you agree with that in the marketing? You kind of mentioned this earlier, but I'll give you another chance here to kind of maybe expound on it. Yeah, no, definitely. You want to try to get traffic from as many sources as possible. I always tell people, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, just like stock market or anything like that. I mean, you might have this great stock that's making you a ton of money, but something happens to it. You're just like, all right, I've just out of business or like if you just went right. all in on 
say MySpace and you had this huge following on MySpace. Now you're like, all right, maybe I should have gone to Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all these other ones, or even Facebook. If you just pushed all in on Facebook and you have a million likes on Facebook, getting those Facebook likes to translate to Instagram or another platform is not as easy as you think. Like you could have a huge following on one platform and no followers on another one because every platform is different. So you want to just try to get traffic from as many sources as possible, running paid ads, doing email marketing, doing social media, doing SEO, everything works. And the more touch points you have too, the more likely someone is going to want to purchase off of you because especially for like high ticket items, no one's just going to go to your website and purchase a thousand dollar washing machine or something like that. They're going to do some research. They want you to build that trust up. So that's where having those multiple touch points, getting someone to your website, but then you maybe follow them around with some banner ads doing remarketing. You capture their email address. You send them some email newsletters. You get them to engage on your social platforms. And that's just going to have multiple touch points, build that trust up because once people get to your website, that's just half the battle. How do you get them to purchase? And that's really, really hard. It's tough to get Google to trust you, to rank you higher in the search results. But once Google trusts you, that's great. But then how do you get people on your website to trust you, which is a whole nother right. thing. That's really more of that conversion rate optimization that we talked a little bit earlier about. But right. that's such a big part that a lot of people kind of don't focus on it, which is kind of strange. Or even web developers, when they build websites, they'll build websites that look really nice and pretty, but they don't ultimately think about conversions, which if you right. think about conversions, then you're going to build a website happy because now they're getting all these sales and leads and they're gonna probably recommend you to other people versus if you just build a really nice and pretty website but right. it doesn't do much they're not gonna get those sales and i see this all the time where people are just like i don't know what to do i have this website i'm spending all this money on paid ads i get all this traffic but no one's buying like, what do i do it's like well we have to fix your website and re restructure your pretty much your marketing funnel and figure out all right how do we get people just yeah. from visitors to actually slowly become a client maybe you get their email address at step two from there right. then you get them to engage with their email newsletter, then maybe you get them to join like a free call because I do SEO. So I offer free consultations as a way to get people into my funnel. But it's all about just getting yeah. creative and figure out what do I have to do? And the best way to do that is look at your competition, see who your competitors are and look at their mar marketing strategy, sign up for their email newsletters, sign up for their social or social media. So you can see how often they're posting, what platforms they are active on, and you can see how much engagement they're getting. Maybe if they're posting every day on Facebook, but nobody's engaging, Facebook might not be the best platform or they're doing Facebook wrong, but maybe Facebook isn't where you need to be and you should check out right. Instagram. And if you see their post, your competitor is posting on Instagram, they're getting tons of likes and comments and shares and Instagram might be where your audience is at. So spying on your competitors and that's going to help you kind of figure out what they're doing to ensure that they get those visitors to convert into trap, into sales and leads. Yeah. Love that. All right. Well, I want to ask you one last question here, Brandon. I want to know if you had the opportunity, you're already a young guy, so this might be a little uh, funny of a question for you, but um, if you had a chance to whisper in the younger Brandon's ear, what would you tell him? Probably mentor, get a mentor sooner than later, because you could do it on your own and you could try everything on your own, but having a mentor definitely helps you speed things up and learn from his, their mistakes and try to avoid yep. those mistakes. And they'll, tell you what's worked for them in the past. So that's where the mentor in the past, they told me simplify my website where it was just too much going on, too cluttered. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. I got to give people as much information. But once I took their advice and listened to them, then it really helped change my business. So, and wow. being open and receptive to other people's opinions and ideas and not just being closed-minded because you think this is what's going to work is a huge benefit. So definitely mentor is probably one of the best things. And 
if you don't have a mentor, you could go like networking events and find them. But also there's a platform where I teach classes through SCORE, the SBA, and SCORE.org is a great platform where they offer mentors. So if you don't have a mentor and you can't find one, especially nowadays, since everything's online, you don't have to be in these physical locations. You can just go there, they'll match you up with somebody and getting a mentor really helps out significantly. That's awesome. That's a great resource. We appreciate you sharing that. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Brandon, you've been uh, extremely helpful. You are a, a skilled master at your craft. And so appreciate you sharing some of the secrets of the trade with us. And um, if, if the listener wants to uh, learn more about SEO or even potentially have you work with them, have you uh, design um, the, some, some work that they can get some leads and traffic in, um, how can they find you? So anyone that wants to learn more, I should create a special gift for them if they go to my website at seooptimizers.com. That's S-E-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash gift. They can find that there along with my contact information and a bunch of classes I've done over the years. I've thrown up for free so they could see step by step how to do a lot of stuff that we talked about. And also if they mm-hmm. want to book some time on my calendar for a free website analysis, they can book some time on that page as well. It's awesome. Well, we'll definitely put all that in the show notes as well as the gift link so that they can easily access that. We appreciate you doing that for our listeners. Uh, you've added already a ton of value here just uh, in your in your skilled insights. And so appreciate your time. Blessings to you and all that you're uh, doing here and building in 2023. Thanks for being here, Brandon. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.